Well, if we could now turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 14 and uh, verse uh, 7. Luke chapter 14 and verse 7. This is on page 1038 in the church Bibles. Now he told a parable to those who were invited. When he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honour, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited both, he who invited you both, will say to you, "Give your place to this person." Then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So uh, keep your Bible open there, and let's now uh, come to uh, consider this passage together. But let's pray first. Lord, thank you for this, this teaching given by our Lord Jesus Christ, your great prophet, your eternal son, the one who spoke the very words of God. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to understand what Jesus is saying to us in this parable. And I do pray, Lord, that you will help me to be able to teach your word well and helpfully. And, Lord, we pray that you'll help us to uh, heed what the Lord Jesus says. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here um, in this this passage, we read about how Jesus gave some advice. And uh, at one level, you can take it as just very good human advice, that if, if you are invited to a wedding banquet, the sensible thing to do is not to plonk yourself down on the high table next to the bridegroom. <laughs> because the danger is that what's going to happen is you're going to get demoted. You know, because just like today, you know, you have the, you know, at least in a very formal wedding uh, banquet, you know, you have, you know, you have the bride and the groom up on the high table and then you have the, the mum and the dad and, you know, next to them and then, you know, the left-hand side of, or the right-hand side, you have the guest of honour of the, you know, next to the mum and the dad. Well, you know, you'd be very foolish to, you know, as, as, as Mr. Joe Bloggs or 
Mary, you know, whatever, whatever your surname is, you go up and you plonk yourself right up on the high table on the seat of honor. Because the danger is that somebody else, the, 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 the bridegroom, or the groom will say to you, ah, sorry, you need to give way and you need to, and you, then you, in front of everybody else, you, you shamefacedly see, you have to go down to the bottom end of the, of the, of the hall and then somebody else is, is brought up. So yeah, good, good piece of advice, you know, um, no, what you do is you get, go to wedding banquet and you plot yourself down in the lowest seat and you hope that maybe uh, the, the groom the will say to you, hey, what are you doing down there? Come up, come on, come up, come over here. And uh, then you'll be honoured in front of everybody. So there's a good piece of advice. But of course, when Jesus was saying this, he wasn't just giving a good piece of advice about, you know, about, about um, you know, when you go to a posh dinner. Of course, there's a spiritual aspect to this. Jesus didn't, wasn't interested in just giving people like a, like a good piece of human advice. Of course, what he's really saying to us here is have the general approach in everything that you do that you humble yourself. Whether this is before God God, or whether it is before men, in, in all your actions, take the path of humility. Go for the low place. That then you might be lifted up, rather than pushing yourself forward, and then you get humiliated. And so the, what he says there in verse 11 is, is, is a... A universal saying, really, for all situations, both before God and men. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And from this, I draw the very simple lesson, humble yourself. What Jesus is really saying is, look, what you need to do is to humble yourself. And... um, As we think about this, I want to do so under two main headings. First of all, how we should humble ourselves before God. And then secondly, to think about how we should humble ourselves before men. So first of all, let's let's think about how we should humble ourselves before God. How can we go about humbling ourselves before God? How can we have the right humble attitude towards God? Well, I'd like to draw out uh, from various other scriptures some, some ways in which we can humble, we can and we should humble ourselves before God. Now, the first thing is this. We need to humble ourselves before God by accepting the word that God has revealed. See, in our natural state, we sort of say, well, you know, I'm going to be the decider of what I think is true and what is going to be false. That's the way that we are naturally speaking, isn't it? I'm going to decide what I'll accept, I'll, I'll, I will decide what I think about this and what I think about that. 
And yes, I might read the Bible and, you know, give that some thought. And I might read this philosopher. I might read this religious book. And, I, and, and I'll get all these different ideas together from different sources. But I'll be the determinant of what I believe. This is the way that we are naturally speaking. But what God calls us to do is to humble ourselves and to accept what he has revealed in scripture. Do you remember how Jesus said, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What is special about children? Children, generally speaking, young children, accept with humility what they're told by their parents and by their seniors. And Jesus is saying that's what we need to be like with God. We need to humbly accept what God has said because it's God who has said it. Uh, James says in his, in his letter, chapter 1 and verse 21, he says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. See, as long as you're proud, as long as I'm proud and we think, I know better than God, I know what to think, we'll never be saved. We need to humbly accept that word which comes from God, that we, that we might be saved in our souls. Or, or again, famously, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make, your, make straight your paths. You see, we need to have that humility to say, no, I don't understand it all. I don't know the truth. I need God to show me the truth. And the promise is that, that if we will humble ourselves and receive God's word, God will make himself known to us. So Isaiah 66 and verse 2, God says, This is the one whom I, to whom I look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. So the first thing in, 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 in showing humility to God, we need to accept his word with humility secondly having accepted God's word and having accepted what God says excuse me what God says especially what God says about us and about our sin then the next logical thing is that we humbly confess our sins to God. Now, again, this is how, how different the, the humble person 
will be from the proud person. The proud person says, well, what sins? Doesn't God know I'm a good person? Doesn't God know I try hard? Doesn't God know that I'm a decent person? Etc., etc. But we need to have that humility to come before God and to, and to confess our sins to him. In uh, Psalm 36, um, we read these verses, verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 36. It says, Transgression speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hated. You see, the, the wicked are so proud that they say, well, I'm not a sinner. You know, sometimes I've, I've knocked at people's doors and, um, and I've said, I've come to tell you about how Jesus can save you from your sins. They say, oh, I know who you need, <laughs> the guy next door. They're just the sort of person you need to talk to because they're the sinners. I'm not a sinner. They're the same. No, no. This is the problem, isn't it? That, that we are, in our natural state, we're so proud. We say, I'm not a sinner. I'm fine. But we need to have that humility to say, what God says about me is true. I am a sinner. I've done wrong. I've broken God's law. I deserve to go to hell. There's nothing good in me. As long as we, as long as we um, strut around as if we're somebody good and great and wonderful, we will never know the grace of God. But it, when we humble ourselves and confess our sin, that's the beginning to knowing the grace of God in our lives. Psalm 51, in that great psalm of confession that, that David made to God when he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, he says the, in, in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So we need to humble ourselves before God by confessing our sins to him. And then... Uh, we also need to humble ourselves before God by looking to him for our salvation. Now, um, you see, the, 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 the person who's proud says, I don't need to be saved by God. I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done that, and I... And, I, and I'm very religious, I'm very good, I'm very upright, I follow, do follow these various ceremonies and rituals. So God should be glad to have me in heaven. God, I'm sure God will have a place waiting for me in heaven because I've, I've lived such a good life. But what we need to do is to humble ourselves and say, not only that we're sinners, but to say, Lord, I can't save myself. You need to save. Now, there is actually a wonderful illustration of this uh, in, in Luke chapter 18, just a few pages further on from the passage we're thinking about, which is the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector, which I'm sure many of you will, have, will be familiar with. 
Uh, Jesus told this story about these two men who went up to the temple to pray. Uh, one of them was a Pharisee. Now, Pharisees were known for being upright, religious. They thought of themselves as being holy and, and, and good. And other people thought of them as being holy and good. And the other person was a, was a tax collector who, who was thought of as being, you know, the tax collectors were, were, were I suppose, the equivalent of, 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 of people in the mafia or something. They were really nasty gangsters type figures who used force to get their own way to get money and the pharisee stood up verse luke 18 verse 11 he prayed thus god i thank you that i'm not like other men extortioners unjust adulterous or even like this tax collector i fast twice a week i give tithes of all i get so he's congratulating himself on his great merit and, and, and worth. He's proud. But the tax collector, you can see his humility, says, verse 13, he stood afar off. He would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. He beat his breast. He said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He looked to God to make him right with God. And he relied on what the salvation that God can provide. He didn't rely on his own efforts, didn't rely on his own works. He relied on, had the humility to look to God for salvation. And Jesus said, verse 14, I tell you, this man went to his home justified rather than the other. He went home counted as righteous in God's sight. Because he was looking to God to make him righteous rather than to his own works. And then Jesus repeats this expression that we've got here in chapter 14. He says in verse 14 of chapter 18, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So we see there that, it's, that if we're going to know God raising us up with the blessing of being forgiven, the blessing of becoming a child of God. See, this is the thing. When you humble yourself before God, you confess your sin, you realize you can't save yourself, you look to Christ to save you, then the Lord raises you up. He forgives you your sin. He makes you a child of God. He makes you to be a king and a priest in, his, in the royal family, God's royal family. So we need to humble ourselves before God by uh, looking to God to save us. But then, having been saved, we should continue to humble ourselves before God. And one very important way in which we could con should continue in our daily lives, having been saved, to humble ourselves before God, is to humbly accept, is by humbly accepting the various 
circumstances that God brings into our lives. One thing the devil will tempt you to do, if he hasn't already done it, if you're a young Christian, he'll tempt you to, there'll be some problem that arises in your life, and then he'll tempt you to say, oh, God isn't very good to you, no. God hasn't been kind to you. He's not treated you fairly. Look at this problem you've got. How can God love you when this has happened to you? How can God be a fair God when he allows this, these sorts of things to happen? And, and he tries to tempt us to say, oh, God's bad. God's not fair. God's made a mistake. But just a minute. <laughs> Who is God? God is. And what are you? What am I? Well, we're just a, a piece of clay. We're just dust. Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Who is the potter? God is. We're the clay. He can do what he likes with us, can't he? Uh, Paul talks in, in, in Romans chapter 9. He says, who are you to answer back to God? Who can you, how can you say to God, oh, you know, you've made a mistake? No. God is God. We are as nothing uh, before him. So that's Romans 9, verse 20, if you want uh, the reference. Who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to his molder, Why have you made him like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honourable use and another for dishonourable use? God can do what he likes with us. And he can do what he likes with our circumstances. Because he's God. But also, God is completely wise completely righteous we don't understand what is happening in our lives there's that hymn uh, God moves in mysterious ways his, his wonders to perform and one of the verses says judge not the Lord by feeble sense you know we, don't, we can't see what God is doing we can't, and we need to humbly accept the different circumstances that God brings into our lives. Now Peter speaks about this in, in his first letter and chapter 5 and uh, verse 5 uh, he says likewise you who are younger sub, be subject to elders Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Then he says, verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you. Same idea, you see. You humble yourself, God raises you up. In this case, it's talking about humbling yourself before the difficult circumstances of before God in terms of the difficult circumstances that he brings into your life, the discipline that he brings to you. Humble yourself before him. And in due course, he will raise you up. Then also, we should humble ourselves before God by continuing to turn from sin. You see, it's not just that you, that you, you start the Christian life 
you admit you're a sinner, you get saved, and that's it, right, fine, okay, it's all over now. I've made my confession of faith in the Lord, and now from now on, uh, I'm just coasting along into heaven. No. We need to constantly turn from sin, even once we're saved, and constantly humble ourselves before God, and constantly turn from our sin. Now, in James chapter 4, uh, Paul, uh, James talks about this. And he talks there about how there are quarrels between the uh, believers there. And, uh, and, and he says that these quarrels come from the fact that they are, they've got love for the world in them. And, 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 and they, they're, they're desiring things of this world. Now, he's talking to Christians here. But these Christians have allowed worldly desires to come into them which is causing them to quarrel and fight and to fall out with each other and so on and so forth. And then he says, verse 6, quoting again from Proverbs, just like um, Peter did, but he gives us more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud and, but gives grace to the humble. Then says, verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to, to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and what? He will exalt you. Same thing again, you see. Same principle. As you go through your life as a Christian, you become aware of sin in your life. What do you do? You down on your knees before God. You're confessing your sins before God again. You're repenting of those sins. You're turning away from those sins. You're humbling yourself before God. So we don't just humble ourselves in order to receive salvation. We day by day live a life of humility before God. Day by day examining our hearts for any sin that's there and then, and then confessing that sin, turning away from that sin and, 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 and saying to God that we are utterly unworthy of his grace and looking to him afresh for his help. And then also we humble ourselves before God by day by day living a life of prayer. What are you doing when you pray? Well, one very important thing you're doing is you're saying, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. That is a form of, you're humbling yourself, aren't you? You're saying, Lord, you might be down on your knees, literally before God, but even if you're not physically on your knees, you're saying to God, I, 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 I need your help. I can't do this on my own. Prayer is, 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 is a natural expression of humility before God. And then one other area to mention, probably other ways could be mentioned, I'm sure, but one other area also is occasionally we might also fast as a way of hum humbling ourselves before God. Prayer, fasting and prayer are very much hand in hand. Um, 
You can pray without fasting, but you can't fast probably without praying. <laughs> so fasting is a sort of subsection of prayer. In Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21, it says, that it says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves and our children and our goods. So there is this humbling as, 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 as a person fasts, he or she is humbling him or herself before God. So we should humble ourselves before God. But that humility before God should also lead us to a humility before one another. And uh, that's my second main section. I've talked about humility before God. Now, what about humility before one another? Let me just mention a few ways. Again, there's probably many other ways that could be mentioned, but I'll just mention a few ways in which we can uh, show humility with one another. First, perhaps very obvious thing, is by being willing to do humble tasks. Somebody's got to do the cleaning um, uh, in the church. Uh, there are those who do it very humbly without drawing attention to themselves, and that, that's a very good way of, of, of showing humility, but, or maybe in your family, or maybe you just quietly check up on somebody or try to encourage that person. Nobody knows about it, but you are humbly looking for ways of doing good to other people. That, that's one way of showing humility, that you, you're looking to do the, not the, things, the, the big upfront things, but to do the things which probably won't, nobody will notice necessarily. You'll know that you've done, but you're doing it for the Lord's sake. Another way in which we can show humility towards other people is by a willingness to speak with and to associate with people who, humanly speaking, would be thought of as being less important than ourselves. Uh, we still have, don't we, in our society here, we still have the vestiges of a sort of class Mentality, sadly. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that sort of class mentality very often leads to a sort of snobbery. Oh, well, I only talk with certain people of my own class or my own educational standard or, or whatever. But that should not come into the church. There should be a genuine love for all. Uh, Romans, 6, Romans 12, verse 16, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Humility should lead us to that willingness to, to talk with people of whatever background. Uh, humility also should lead us to be willing to accept Correction. Maybe somebody might come to you and they might, that person might say to you, you know, I feel that I saw you do something wrong the other day. The way you addressed somebody, uh, I thought that was unloving and unkind. And 
wasn't wasn't scriptural. Now, if we're humble, we'll say, "Oh, thank you so much for it's very kind of you for to um, that you've come to me and you've shared that." Now, you might say, "Well, I I honestly don't think you got it right on this occasion." I I think I was acting in line with scripture, but but thank you very much for for sharing your concern. Or you might say, "Well, yes, you're right. I can see." But whatever the outcome in terms of of whether the person was right in his observations or wrong, if you're humble, you'll be really grateful. You'll say, oh, that's really kind of you to, 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 to voice those concerns. But if, if there's pride there, then what will happen is you say, oh, how can you talk to me like, who are you to tell me what to do? And, and there's this sort of abrasive uh, reaction to, uh, to correction. Similarly, um, if we are humble towards others, then we will be willing to take advice. In fact, we will seek advice because we will, we will distrust ourselves. The proud person says, oh, I don't need any new advice. I, I, I know exactly what I've got to do. I, I, I know, I, I know that the best thing I, I'm, I'm full of wisdom but the humble person says well I think this is the right thing but you know I know I can be mistaken anybody can be mistaken and he will look for advice and he will be willing to receive advice maybe somebody might come and say look can I offer you a, I see you've got this issue you're dealing with can I give you a piece of advice and the, the humble person will say oh thank you tell me tell me what your advice is and, and we'll listen carefully you might not necessarily follow the advice but um he will be willing to receive advice. And then also, a humble person will not respond badly to insults. You know, a proud person, you know, if, if, if somebody insults him, you know, a proud person will rear up and say, oh, who are you to talk to me like that? And, and, and oh, who are you to insult my, my, my mother or whatever is the person insulted? But the humble person will, will not respond badly. Now, of course, there might be, you know, they might reprove the person who's, who's been rude and insulting. They might say to that person, oh, you really shouldn't talk to me like that. that that's not right. That you, you're, you're not talking in a loving and right way. But he'll do so with humility and with grace. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, the Beatitudes. Jesus talks about those who are the blessed ones, those who, who are, in other words, really, those who are born again, those who are the children of God. And um, a lot of these Beatitudes are, are really to do with humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall be comforted, for, for they shall see the kingdom of heaven. There's the kingdom of heaven. You know, the person, I know my need of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they be comforted. Well, they know they're sinners. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You see, if you know that you are a sinner, if you know that, 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 that your salvation is all by grace, you're going to be meek. You're not going to rear up in anger when somebody insults you because you say, well, 
I'm a sinner. I'm nobody great. And then uh, a, a humble, another way in which we should show humility is by not mocking others. Proverbs 3.34 God mocks proud mockers, but he gives grace to the humble. Which, of course, we've just seen quoted in the New Testament a couple of places. There's a, there's a nasty, ugly pride that lies often behind mocking. If we have humility, then we will, we will not mock others. And we will treat them with respect and, and, and uh, kindness. Well, those are some, some, uh, some applications then of this. Application towards God... Be humble towards God, but also humble in our attitude towards others. Now, just as we finish, let me just just say, just deal with the question: How can we be humble? You know, it's it's hum- pride is such a dreadful sin, isn't it? It creeps up in so many ways. You just think, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, sort of. We think, oh, I'm not proud. But then, of course, you. Proud of not being proud, as you think. You think you're not proud, but it comes up in so many ways, doesn't it? This, this, this pride, and and it, and 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 it, it's really subtle, slippery sin. Let me just sketch you quickly some things to help us to overcome pride. First of all, remember who God is. God is the Creator of all things. The ruler of all things, the righteous God, the holy God, the all-wise God. And before him we are nothing. We are just dust. So remember the greatness and the perfection of God. Then also remember that you're a sinner. How can I be proud if I really remember I'm a sinner? I can't be proud of my salvation. I can't be proud of my service of the Lord. I can't be proud of, 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 of well, anything because I'm a sinner. Because I, I, I'm so much in need of God's grace myself. I can't look down on anybody else. Then remember also that, that If you're a Christian, your salvation is entirely by God's grace. You know that. You know when um, that Christian man saw another man being led off to execution, and he looked out the window, saw this man being led off, and he said, "There, but for the grace of God, go I." That should be you, shouldn't it? You, You see somebody in the depths of sin. Well, that could be me. That was me, probably many of us would say, a few years ago. And but for God's grace, I'd be still like that, if not worse. Salvation or grace. We, that's bound to make us humble if we remember that. And then also remember that any progress that you've made as a Christian... Any growth in holiness, any ability to serve the Lord, 
That's by God's grace as well. Totally undeserved. But perhaps the thing which, above all, we should remember, and this is something which the Apostle Paul speaks about in Philippians 2, we should remember the humility of the Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was the eternal Son of God, though he was in heaven at God's right hand, he had the right to stay in heaven. Yet he did not consider equality with God something to be clung on to. But he emptied himself, took the form of a servant. He humbled himself, became a man. And then he humbled himself further and died on the cross for our sins. If even our saviour is prepared to humble himself, how can we not humble ourselves for his sake? I mean, he went through a much bigger humiliation than we'll ever go through, going from the glory of heaven down to the shame of the cross. So can't we go through a bit of humiliation for his sake? Of course, we must do so. We must be willing to do so. Well, I hope those thoughts are helpful to us, that this call um, from the Lord to humble ourselves and the promise that if we will humble ourselves, then God will raise us up. He, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted.